The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, welcome in. It's episode eight of the TFA Donna Show, and I'm questioning out there how many of you survived week two. We had injury apocalypse. Tom, my team's managed, but they're down. They're definitely down. Some are down Barkley, down some Cortland Sutton. Do you have any teams that got hit this uh, week too? Well, I have a my my home league team. It's full of monsters, and monsters went down. Uh, so I had CMC, Michael Thomas, and uh, possibly Devonte Adams. So that's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Yeah, man, a lot of people are feeling your pain. Uh, that was Tom Corson at Dynasty Infidel that you just heard my co-host here. I'm at NFL Robbie on Twitter. And today we are talking how you guys can manage through all of these injuries. If you're a team that's still in win-now mode in Dynasty, what moves can you make uh, to keep on pushing through? And then with all these injuries, if you're a rebuilding team, how can you capitalize on some of these injuries that we saw? So uh, we got a really good episode tonight. Um, we would like for you guys to subscribe to our channel, uh, the Fantasy Authority Podcast. We're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, you know, everywhere, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And then, you know, check out the website, thefantasyauthority.com or FF underscore authority on Twitter. We have waiver articles, streamer videos, sit, start, dynasty, DFS, DGen Nation is doing their Thursday DFS pod. Make sure you tune into that. So, yeah, just a ton of content everything you could need from DFS to Dynasty. But we are the Dynasty aspect. So, Tom, let's talk some Dynasty. Let's do it. And our, our quick kind of takeaway from week two, I've got mine, but, Tom, I'm, I'm going to let you start off first. What's kind of just your quick takeaway from the second week of the 2020 season? So Aaron Jones is still really, really good at football. And ev- everybody was essentially – Writing him off, you know, AJ Dillon or the touchdown regression, it didn't necessarily matter. People were just looking for a reason to write him off and fade him. And he fell in a lot of drafts. And if you were in a startup and he was going like late two and early three, it looks like you have yourself a pretty good value over here. So Aaron Jones is still really good. In my opinion, he's still their uh, number two target as far as receiving. He's a he, he catches balls that he shouldn't be catching. He, he runs routes like a receiver. Uh, I think that's a really underrated aspect to his game. Um, and they still hate him in Green Bay. His usage still isn't even what it should be, which, right. is, the cra- which is the absolute crazy part. So if they ever wind up uh, giving him the proper usage, he's going to wind up being you know up there, RB2, RB3. Um could be the RB1 because CMC and, you know, I'm not even going to say Barkley because Barkley was never the RB1, especially not this year. Um, but he, he could be doing that. Robbie, what's yours? Yeah, just just to add to that, I think, you know, Aaron Jones, you almost don't want to mess with the recipe, right? Like, sure, he doesn't get the touches that we, we know he should get. But running back two last year, obviously a lot of that was touchdowns. But, again, uh, doing a lot with, you know, the – I'd say healthy workload, but not the monster workload that we'd love to see out of running back. So I am with you, but I also kind of say, let's not mess with the recipe because I've got him in some leagues and it's working right now. So 
my guy is uh, Cam Newton. And I just think that my quick takeaway is, as you know, I was a guy that was on Cam Newton from the signing. I had him in my top 10 QBs right away. I didn't move him up much past like QB nine, just because obviously there's some uncertainty um, coming off the injury, you know, new team getting acclimated, but a lot of people had him down in the teens, some, some even farther down um, closer to QB, you know, 20. And I've just, I've just bought back in and, and he's done even more than I could have even uh, expected you know, Sunday night, he had 397 passing yards, touchdown and interception, but two rushing touchdowns. And now it's four on the year. Healthy Cam has never finished outside the top five quarterbacks. And so I think if we have healthy Cam, it's tough to imagine him not doing that. He's QB QB three right now. Uh, Yeah. I just think it's crazy that some of these teams just waited so long to sign him. Uh, Patriots obviously end up getting him, but a fun fact, I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the tweet that a guy put out of all the people who got guaranteed money more than what Cam Newton got, but we're talking about Josh Dobbs, Matt Barkley, Jared Stidham, C.J. Beathard, Jacob Beeson, Matt Schaub, Ryan Finley. Like, what? How are these guys getting more guaranteed money than Cam Newton? Well, um, I didn't know if it was going to be healthy Cam or what kind of Cam we were going to get. So I told you before I was – erring on the side of caution with my rankings to start with, and then I was going to move them up, which I have. Um, but I th- honestly, I, I think that contract was about Cam going out and putting himself in the best situation possible to make the next contract. And he is, if he can continue to play like this, he's going to make some money, and that guaranteed money is not going to be a problem uh, for, for this year. So, yeah, Cam is earning his money <laughs> and then some. Do you think he stays with the Patriots? Because we're on a one-year deal. Obviously, he's going to get paid if he continues what he's been doing. Uh, do you think he stays here, or will he just, you know, is Bill not going to pay him? So I think it all comes down to how the the Patriots wind up finishing this year. Because if they love a quarterback in the draft and they want to develop him, and they just don't do well, and they have a top, you know. 10 pick and they find a way to, to move up and get one of those QBs, then I'm, I don't think he's going to come back just because uh, Bill knows, you know, the benefits to having a cheap quarterback. And you look at when quarterbacks get paid and what happens to the team around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best case is Flacco when he gets paid. And then the next thing you know, it guts the Ravens and they didn't do anything else for years. So um, Bill's smart. So, He'll take that into account. I, if I had to guess, I don't think the Patriots are going to finish that badly, so I think Cam will wind up coming back. Yeah, speaking of getting paid, uh, two contracts that came out, I think this was Sunday morning, if I remember correctly. I, I feel like we always get to like Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday feels like a month ago. But Robert Woods got a new contract, four-year extension for $65 million. And then what do the Bears go out and do after A-Rob is complaining about a new deal? They go out and give an extension to – Tariq Cohen, three years, 17.3 million, and he got a whole six touches on Sunday. Just kind of overall thoughts with with these two and, and their dynasty implication. You give the RB2 for a football team who is mainly used as receiving back $6.5 million when uh, A-Rob, who is a top like eight wide receiver in the NFL, not talking about fantasy. Fantasy he could be, but the quarterback play isn't there. I, it's it's mind boggling. I have no idea what they're doing there. Um, hey, Mitch is two and zero. Mitch is two and zero, sir. Thanks to DeAndre that's, Swift. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, thanks to DeAndre. That that's great. But the Cohen thing, I don't know. Robert Woods being in in L.A. is good for him. It's good for everybody out there. They've already shown that they have chemistry. Uh, him and Cup, as you know, they know how to work together. They can both be top twelve wide receivers together. So. That's perfectly fine. Although this year, Cup needs to actually maybe, I don't know, score some points in order for that to come to fruition. Yep, he's been a little quiet. I do not think that will continue uh, too much longer. we got to move into the contracts. We had some very, very small contracts signed this week, but I do think one of them has fantasy implications, dynasty implications, I should say. Blake Bortles went to the Broncos. That's not the one I'm talking about. The other one was Devontae Freeman going to the Giants what I would think is going to work in maybe not have a ton of work this first week because I think they have to do COVID tests. He might have to quarantine for a little bit. I honestly don't know if he's even going to be a go for week three, but it sounds like. Yeah. So I, I believe they already said that he's good to go for week three. He's already like passed all of his stuff. 
Gotcha. Okay, so he's going for week three. We'll see how effective he is. But, you know, Freeman is a guy who I've had him on a couple of, of rosters, and he's just sitting there. Got the, the FA, the free agents tag on him, and he's just sitting there. And I'm like, man, I would love to just move off this guy off my roster. Have to wait for him to sign. So he signs with the Giants. Is this a guy that you, no matter if you're rebuilding or you're contending, are you moving him off, or can he be a usable piece if you're in a win-now mode? Oh, he can be a usable piece. He can especially be a usable trade piece to trade to the Saquon owner if you don't have Saquon. Um, because that owner is probably either looking to buy and save his season or looking to sell Saquon cheap, which we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, I think Freeman can actually be a little bit – he can be effective. He signed for not a ton of money, but you know, decent money considering how late in the year he wound up signing. So this is going to be a show-me contract, and he's going to be motivated. And I, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, but I Saquon wasn't exactly lighting things up behind that offensive line either. So we have to temper expectations. So if you can, I would trade Freeman to that uh, Saquon owner or just try and move him, get, get any piece of value, any, you know, piece you can for him of value. Right. Yeah. I can't tell you how many tweets I saw. That's also the same thing. You know, Barkley couldn't do X behind this line. Why, why should Freeman be able to, and I think that's that's kind of a short sample window, right? They obviously played the Pittsburgh defense week one. You know, I, that's a that's going to be a tough front seven for anybody. And honestly, Barkley still saved his his game by his receiving work, and I think that's something that Devontae Freeman excels at. So, no, I do not think he's going to be as good as Barkley or a running back one or anything, but I, I do think he'll have flex appeal. So I'm, I'm kind of right there with you that uh, Freeman's a guy that if I have – issues with CMC or, or Barkley or something like that. And I'm still in wood now. I would kind of make that move. Um, I'm not moving obviously Barkley uh, for him, but I would make a move. Maybe a, if you're expecting to win, would a late second be too much to give for Freeman this season? No, if it's a late second, I think that's, that's perfectly fine, especially with all the question marks in the 2021 draft. Okay. Injuries. You we've, I'm sure you've heard, you know, all the injuries, uh, you know, from week two, Barkley, Sutton, CMC, Kittle, Mostert. So there's just a ton of injuries that we're still kind of watching with some of these other guys that are not done for the year. So, yeah, we just have guys that are, that are injured left and right. And then we get uh, another bomb dropped on us today. It's Jalen Rager, torn UCL in his thumb. He's out six to eight weeks. They might be able to get him back right before the bye. I can believe that uh, by week nine. Is that correct, Tom? Yeah, it's, it's par for the course for the Eagles the last three years since they won the Super Bowl. It's like we sold our soul to the devil, and now we have all these injuries. <laughs> so the Jalen Rager injury is, you know, heartbreaking for a couple of reasons. A, he was starting to show he's a deep threat. He does a lot for the offense to open things up. Um, but on the bright side, if you have Deshaun, that's going to be interesting because he's going to get most of that deep work as long as he can stay on the field. So I know they were doing a pitch count with him and trying to keep him healthy throughout the season. So I'll be interested to see if they wind up doing the same thing or if they press him out there a little bit more often. But um, we were talking in uh, the chat before about who's going to be the beneficiary. And I don't think it's going to be Greg Ward. I think, you're looking at JJW possibly on the outside and John Hightower on the outside. Uh, they're, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with the X. You know, Alshon, if he comes back, uh, will have to slide into that role. But I, you know, I'm not buying either one of those wide receivers to do so. And it's honestly, it's a, it's a pretty big loss. Yeah, that's for sure. For two guys that were really excited about Rager in that landing spot and just his talent, uh, that is not ideal news for his rookie season. I was going to say, I think Jalen Rager is actually a buy, though, if you can wind up getting him for, you know, a, a second-round pick or something like that because the owner is impatient and he's already had a couple injuries. So just throw some feelers out there for you and see what you can do. Absolutely. So let's move to buy or sell. Um, I think that's a, a great segue here. You've got a guy that you think people should buy other than Jalen Rager. Who is that guy? So I'm thinking Kenyon Drake. He's only had 14.5 and 11.5 fantasy points the first two weeks. It feels like everybody was saying essentially that Kenyon Drake was going to blow up this year and he was the darling and you were 
people were talking about taking him in the late or early first and redraft. Or, I'm sorry, the late first, early second in redraft. Uh, and he's somewhat disappointed. He hasn't killed you because he's you know gotten over ten points, but he hasn't had the passing numbers to actually make him be you know an elite RB one yet. Uh, so that's you know holding him back. But that offense looks really scary, and he's getting decent rushing volume, and he's been okay. He's had like uh, I think it's four point one yards a carry, which hasn't been great. But at the same time. Next three weeks, I think, is when he can take off because he's got Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets. So he's going to wind up, uh, I think, doubling his point outfit or you know output this week. I think he's going to wind up having you know he could have 20, 20 plus points this week alone. Uh, so if you can buy him, I think some of the shine is worn off after the first two weeks and just kind of go get him. Yeah, you talk about his next three weeks. Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets, I mean, eat that up all day, right? So, yeah, Kenyon Drake is definitely a guy that, you know, he even said it himself, right? He tweeted out uh, to anybody who was doubting him, you know, go ahead and trade me and, and let these other guys, you know, get the fantasy wins. So I think he he knows what we know and that better times are ahead for him. My dynasty buy is a much less known name. It's a guy that I acquired a lot of shares of. Let's see, this would be the – just – 2019 rookie uh, miles boykin uh, came out of notre dame and just is a guy that has a lot of radius uh, in his catch can go up and get a sideline catch kind of guy and now all of a sudden one year after he's sitting behind willie sneed uh, chris moore at the beginning and obviously marquise brown he's now leading the ravens in snaps at the wide receiver position and he's only second to marquise brown at targets so this is a, a red zone guy that i think lamar is going to start to lean on um, obviously, they have the tight ends in Andrews, and they'll they'll always throw some to Nick Boyle here and there. But um, I think Miles Boykin is about to have some games where people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, okay." So this guy is other than Marquise Brown, he's a wide receiver we should you know know. And so by that time, it's going to be too late to get him for cheap. I honestly think you can get him for a third, uh, a twenty twenty one third right now. And so I would just say buy him before he goes off this year for for a game or two. And people are here in. Uh, Miles Boykin all over the place. No, I, I like Miles Boykin. He actually, he was very raw coming out, but you know he had a really good athletic profile. And one of the things that he can do is run block pretty well for a wide receiver. So that's why he's out there more than you know Hollywood because he can run block and they're going to run the ball a ton there. So if they're running only one wide receiver out there and it's Boykin, guess what? Just by default, every now and again they're going to wind up throwing the ball and it's going to be to him. So. Uh, and he can actually get some deep yards. Uh, he's, a, he's a decent deep threat, and he's got some speed. So I think that's a good call. What do you got for a sell? So if you're in Superflex, I'm going to try and sell Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't think his numbers for the first two weeks are going to be sustainable, especially with, you know, Devontae Adams already banged up. They're going to lead on Aaron Jones. If you're in a Superflex league, get what you can for him while he's, you know, been outperforming his worth because – Again, the age, we're all ageists in Dynasty anyway, and he's getting up there. Last year we saw the decline coming. So I, I'm going to try and move him. If I can get uh, you know, a first-round pick for him, i probably do it. Um, I don't know if that's selling a little bit cheap or not, but at the same time, if I have the depth and I can sell Aaron Rodgers, then I'm selling him all day. Yeah, I think that sounds a little cheap to me if we're talking super flex just because of how well he has been playing this year. I mean, the last two years he's had his touchdown percentage extremely low. I think he threw like 26 touchdowns last year, maybe 24 the year before missing yeah. a couple games. So as of right now, it looks like that, that touchdown percentage is going to go back up to the, you know, four and a half. He's normally up at like 5%, but the four and a half is the league average. So I think if we're expecting him to kind of stay as that low QB one, I would want a one plus something. Um, if we're talking about, you know, this is who he is now. He's a 3.7% touchdown passer. Then, then yeah, maybe just the first. But I would I would try and get a little bit more there. But yeah, you're pretty close. Yeah, I mean, or you could try and get uh, one of the you know Drew Locke, who's injured, uh, and a first round pick, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just just to kind of you know put some sugar on top. But I, I like the idea of a young player and a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. But I'm still selling him. Absolutely. The guy I'm selling is a guy that I had in my bus, and, man, he has just been taking me to task so far these first two weeks. That's Stefan Diggs. 
been an absolute baller. He has been the wide receiver four, I think, on the season. And, man, he's just been crushing me, man. The Bills have thrown over 40 times uh, average these first two games. I think they threw 46 in the first game and just under 40 times in the second game. And he's been doing well. But we got to remember their competition. You know, they played uh, the Dolphins without Byron Jones for most of that game. And week one, they played the Jets, who have just been a disaster. They basically let Nick Mullins and half of Jimmy Garoppolo um, run and pass all over them. So now they face the Rams, and this is a, a, a tougher matchup, I think, you know, going up against Jalen Ramsey, going up against the Rams squad. I think we'll really find out if the Bills are this aired out team that we were not expecting. And just looking at the rest of their schedule, they have Raiders, Titans, Steelers, Broncos, Patriots uh, for their playoffs weeks 14, 15, 16. So there's a lot of good um, passing secondaries in some of those teams that I've named. And so I think right now you have the best that you'll see Stefan Diggs and I would be willing to sell him. What are you trying to get for him? If you can, if you can sell him, what's your goal there, man? I think like, kind of like, just like what you said with Aaron Rodgers, I think I'm looking for a first and then maybe a young piece. Like, can you get a Chase Claypool and a first? Can you get a a Van Jefferson and a first? Something like that. A guy I, that I, I'm interested in. I think so, that's actually a little bit cheap. A little cheap? Okay. Yeah, especially because, you know, he's leading the – he's tied for the league lead in, in receiving yards, second in air yards. He's actually balling out for the first two weeks. So it's the same concept with, with Rodgers. We're trying to sell high on him. Right. Um, so we have to, you know, find those those players. Uh, maybe T. Higgins, Jalen. Maybe Rager. a guy like yeah. Maybe a guy like Jalen Rager. If you can try and get C.D. Lamb and a, and a two or something like that. Are, are yeah. you doing that? See, that's where it's tough for me because I don't think anyone's going to buy Stefan Diggs because we're, we're we spent first round capital on C.D. Lamb. We spent basically first round capital for Jalen Rager in most leagues, I would say. So basically, if you're talking a first and one of those players, that's two firsts, and I just do not see Stephon Diggs going for that. So maybe something like what you were saying, maybe a, a one in, uh, in CeeDee Lamb or Jalen Rager, and then you're talking about like a second, a late second, something like that. Maybe that's more more that value. Let's move in. Speaking of value, let's just talk about all of these guys that have been changing value. We'll start off with the quarterback position, and I think one that everybody was really, really pleased to see play well was Joe Burrow on Thursday night against the Browns. He threw it 61 times, Tom. That's uh, quite a bit for a rookie, any rookie, honestly. And he threw for 316 yards, three touchdowns. Just give me kind of your overall thoughts on Joe Burrow. Are you overreacting to that and, and moving him up, or did you basically have him where, where you thought he'd be? What are your thoughts? Um, for Dynasty, he's still – I'm not moving him up. I, I think he's performing – Still a little bit worse than I thought he would. I thought he'd come in with the weapons and and play a little bit better. Uh, he's got rookie jitters, and you can tell. And it's just little things. Like there was a snap uh, where he's trying to get a timeout. and Yeah, you know, yep. Just miscommunications. And I think the coaching is a little bit lacking there. But he, he's a baller. And, you know, Tyler Boyd's coming around. A.J. Green is getting so many targets I, I don't even understand how he's not <laughs> catching the ball because Joe Burrow has to actually get it in the right. remote area of A.J. Green and he can catch it. He's got a big catch radius. Granted, he looks like Gumby and he looks like he's going to like break every time he catches the ball and goes down on the ground, but he's still got a big catch radius. So I, I think he is showing a lot of promise, but that A.J. Green connection really needs some work. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Another baller that we've been really impressed with through two weeks is Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's absolutely just uh, done a lot better than I think most of us thought, especially as the Jaguars are shipping off all of their pieces right to other teams. Are you starting to move him up in Dynasty? I have him as the QB 21, and I looked at uh, Dynasty Football League's consensus, and they have him at QB 24. You know where Where do you have him for Dynasty, and have you moved him up? Uh, I have him probably a little bit lower than that, but I did move him up because I basically had him ranked, I think, 30-ish, 29-ish, just because I didn't think he was long for that job. But if he keeps balling out and the Jags win a couple games and they don't wind up getting Trevor Lawrence, then Minshew is going to wind up 
you know, being the quarterback there, even if they get the two pick and they don't, you know, necessarily think they need that quarterback and they go Penay Sewell and get the left tackle to actually protect them or something. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. And they have other draft picks where they can get weapons. They have, I think, what do they have? Three first round picks this year. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think they're going that, that route that I think giants had three picks two years ago. And then the Raiders had three picks last year. So I think they're going that route. Hopefully they, they do better than the giants and they don't, uh, you know, pull a DeAndre Baker and just get robbed. Yep, absolutely. The the last guy we want to talk about the quarterback position is well actually hold on before I go to Justin Herbert. All the Jags <laughs> need they they just need four wins, Tom. You know you want to know why they just need four wins? Oh, uh, I know. Go ahead. Why don't you tell everybody? <laughs> you and I have a bet on this Jags uh over under at three and a half is what we put it at. And then the Jags went and sold literally their entire team and I was like, hey hey Tom, um <laughs> I wasn't quite sure that they were going to sell everybody, so I'm a little nervous about this trade. And you said, sucks to suck, Robbie. And mm-hmm. now they're they're 1-1. One one. Could have almost been 2-0, and oh, but 1-1. One one. So I just need a couple more wins here uh, to win that bet. But, yeah, we'll move on to uh, Justin Herbert. I, I thought he had some really rookie moments in that game against the Chiefs, but I also think he had a lot of good, good throws. Obviously, he has great weapons, which helps um, a ton. But – Tyrod obviously, uh, not obviously. Tyrod has this condition that comes out that he's. So it was chest tightness. That's what it was reported. And then today, so he was actually getting a pain shot in his ribs, and the trainer or doctor punctured his lung. Right, just which wild. Is absolutely bonkers. And I'm gonna guess that that guy's fired. Maybe it was Justin Herbert's dad as the doctor, and he just wanted to, wanted him in there or something like that. Right. But Tyrod just has the the worst luck with stuff like that because Herbert should not be giving that job up. And to hear Anthony Lynn come out and say that you know Tyrod's the starter if he's healthy, especially after Justin Herbert went out and you know he had rookie moments, but he showed you why they drafted him in the first round. <laughs> I just I don't understand. So Herbert had a better completion percentage, sixty-six to, to fifty-three, more yards, three eleven to two hundred eight, and I'm talking about they each had one game. Um, yards per attempt, nine point four to six point nine in favor of Herbert. They only have one TD. First downs, Herbert fifteen to eleven. Passer rating overall was ninety-four to seventy-five. So Herbert has Tyrod in almost everything and then lynn comes out and say tyrod's a starter if he's healthy i'm beginning to wonder if like him and adam gase are having slumber parties or something together and (laughs) and just talking about ways to screw up their teams you know and i think it's worth mentioning that tyrod played the cincinnati Bengals. man like they were missing their two of their top three corners they're missing geno atkins they they were a shell of themselves and they weren't even a very good defense to begin with and, and he struggles against them so I'm absolutely with you. It was wild to hear him say that. It, it sucks that Tyrod has, you know, this this condition that wasn't even caused by by his own hands. So, you know, I, I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know what to advise people on dynasty wise with Tyrod. Um, just just hang on to him for right now until we know more because doctors have advised him not to play indefinitely. Was was what I read. So, we got to move on to to sadly more more sad news. Uh, we knew we were wanted to talk about Barkley. A lot of people have questions on what to do with him. If you're competing, what can you you trade him for? If you're rebuilding, what can you possibly? You know, well, if you're rebuilding, you probably still want to hang on to Saquon. Obviously, he's not old or anything, but he tears his ACL. He's done for the year. So, what are some trades? I'm, I'm going to throw you a couple trades, and I know you probably got some for me. But if you are looking to trade for Saquon, would you? or if trade Saquon away. So you, you were in win now. You're trying to win still. Mm. You trade Sa- Saquon Barkley away, and you get James Conner plus a 2021 first. Is that enough? No. Okay. Barkley, you trade him away for Chubb and a 2021 second. Yes, and we know how I feel about Nick Chubb. Wow, okay. Anybody else like Swift, Akers, Dobbins in a, in a first? Any of those guys? Are those guys just too low, too unproven yet? Like – what other guys are you willing to take on with something else that so you the, think can have success for, for the rest of the season? 
So those guys are like right outside the range of like what I would take, especially because if you're going to wind up taking, you know, Swift, Acres, or Dobbins, then you're looking forward to the future, not necessarily this year. So, uh, and it's the same thing with Saquon. The only difference is, are you saying that Saquon is a bust uh, because he hasn't lived up to the hype? He's he's had one really good year, and that's about it. He shows flashes, but he's had now he's had two really bad. In- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injuries, uh, the high ankle sprain that, that kept him out last year a lot, and now he's had the, the ACL, so he's scary. So, like, right now, there's a bunch of running backs that I would take in a one-for-one trade, and some of them, you know, you're going to have to add on to Saquon. So I have CMC above him. Tell me if you agree. Obviously, CMC. Yep. Kamara. Kamara. Yep. Zeke. Yep. CEH. Yes. JT? Yes. Dalvin? Close. I mean, the, the Vikings have just looked rough this year. Now, I'm not going to let two weeks really just decide that for me, but that's that's getting close. That's probably an even trade, and I don't like making even trades. <laughs> well, um, you can have Dalvin for this year, and they're both young, and Dalvin's locked up. Uh, so I'm taking Dalvin in that trade. Um, okay. Josh Jacobs? I would say you have to, yeah. Uh, Miles Sanders? I'm not as big on Miles Sanders as you are. I, I think that's that's close like Dalvin. But, again, if you are competing this year, then you're probably going to take that, right? It's a straight-up trade. Just, yep. Just, I imagine so. I just, yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there's going to be a drop-off when he comes back, but I think for having him for 14 weeks – um, a healthy running back one is probably worth that. Yes. Uh, Mixon. Yes. Although Mixon's look terrible, but yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Now these are the ones that are on the fringe for me. Derrick Henry. Yeah. But a lot of people don't love Derrick Henry, but I, I do it. All right. Nick Chubb. No, not for me. Yeah, Dynasty. I, I don't, I don't trust that with cream hunt. Right. Uh, we talked about it before. I, I need more as far as the pick. And then this is the one of the one of the guys we were talking about before, which is going to be shocking, Aaron Jones. No, and the only reason I say that is I don't know where Aaron Jones will be next year. We're talking dynasty. I, obviously, he'd be amazing for this year, and I think you could ride it pretty close to a chip. And if you get the the, the championship, that's all that matters, right? But if if Aaron Jones goes to any type of timeshare, if he's not in in Green Bay next year, I think you absolutely lose that trade unless you win this year. So in one of my leagues, I put a, you know, a poll out on Twitter and it was Aaron Jones and a second round pick for Saquon Barkley. And the one team that got Aaron Jones is on the cusp of competing. And the team that got Saquon was, you know, rebuilding. So it was actually really interesting. It was a 37% to both, you know, win-win. 37% 37% to Aaron Jones and then the remaining to Saquon. So that was the results there were a little bit telling because people are off of Saquon right now. They're just kind of fed up. If, if I feel like my team is definitely a top three team, I think I'd probably do all those. If I'm in like a playoff mode where I think I have a chance, maybe I, maybe I look for something else. I'm, I'm not, I'm not probably going to do those trades, but let's keep rolling. Um, someone I just wanted to quickly touch on, I'm done with Sony Michelle. Like I've tried to stay in his corner, but dude, I am so done with Sony Michelle. Like James White has to miss the game, obviously for terrible circumstances. And you can't do anything with seven rushes and 19 yards or whatever you got. Like I'm done. I'm done. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I just had to let the world know that I'm done with Sony Michelle. No, I've, I've been done. You're, you're uh, a little bit late to the party. You were holding on hope. You were standing outside of his window with a, you know, a boom box trying yes. to get him to actually play. But, yeah, no, he's a big disappointment 
considering where he went in the draft and who he went over. Yep, absolutely. And then a guy that I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, you know, uh, someone who's just been sitting out there in Dynasty waiver wires when everyone thought Reggie Bonifin was going to be the handcuff to CMC, Mike Davis. And I snapped him up in a lot of leagues. In some of these leagues, I'm very interested in moving him, but I'm curious on what your thoughts are. Like, is this – do you want to see him play a game? And if he balls out, now he's worth even more because CMC is going to miss, you know, four to six weeks is the estimation. You know, does his injury linger a little bit longer? Who knows, right? Do you want to try and move Mike Davis before you see him play, or do you want to move him after you see him play? And if you do, what are, what are some uh, returns that you could get for him? Uh, I want to see him play at least one game. If you can trade him to the uh, second round, I'm sorry, if you can trade him for a second round pick, I'd probably do it, obviously. Uh, I'm not doing it for a third. Uh, You know, I would probably try and target, you know, a younger wide receiver or something along those lines. But Mike Davis, I saw, you know, in my best ball league, uh, we have two hundred dollars, like two hundred fab dollars, and he went for all two hundred. Wow! Uh, to somebody, and that was actually Nick Whalen who who wound up snatching him up. Um, and in my home league, we do auctions as far like with real money. If more than one person put in for him, and I wound up putting in for him because I have CMC and I spent twenty three actual, you know, American dollars, so to speak, on. <laughs> Mike Davis, just to make sure I, I had that backfield sewed up. So I, I think he's going to be fine because the game scripts are going to be negative as far as they're going to be losing. So he's going to get some passing work. I, he had eight for 79 after CMC went out. So he's going to get passing work. I have no idea how he's going to do running the ball, but he's going to get passing work. Yeah, I wonder if he's actually the number two running back behind Curtis Samuel. They uh, had Curtis yeah. Samuel on four or five uh, carries last week. So I think he will mix in to that backfield as well. Let's move to some wide receivers in a name that you've been dying to bring up. You've been bringing him up the entire season, off season. Tell me, who is the wide receiver one in Atlanta? Well, according to statistics, we're going to say Calvin Ridley right now. According um, to facts, good sir. Facts, uh, statistics, and also this thing called the eye test. Uh, which Calvin Ridley has looked better than Julio so far. And you know what else? He does what we all wish Julio could do, which is get targeted in the end zone and actually score touchdowns. Yep. Uh, he's He's got four touchdowns already. If Julio gets six in a year, we're thrilled, um, which is, you know, mind-blowing. So Calvin actually leads the league in air yards with 204. That's how many, you know, yards of ball travels in the air before it's actually caught. He's tied for the league lead in receptions, I believe. And he's also tied for the league lead in receiving yards with your boy who you want to sell uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, that offense is really good. Calvin Ridley looks absolutely just amazing. He's slippery and the coverage still has to shift towards Julio. Yeah, this gives me a lot of uh, feelings of that Roddy White Julio changeover, right? Where everyone was like, no, Roddy still got it. He's good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Julio just usurps him. And there's a lot of people who deny it until they see it. And I'm one of those people. But you were definitely somebody who was on Calvin as kind of taking over as that wide receiver one. And so far, he's done it. I'm going to need like one more week, and I'll probably be right there with you. I'm a little bit slower as a, a guy who's just followed Julio for so long. I think Julio will bounce back and have some some really strong weeks. So it'll be kind of a an interesting jockey for position. And right now, Calvin Ridley's way ahead. And actually, Russell Gage is, is, is second right there in that race, and Julio's third. So give me some thoughts on Russell Gage. He's a guy that we talked up all over the place uh, leading up to the season, and uh, hopefully people have him on, his ro- on their rosters. So it's kind of funny because we're talking about Russell Gage being there. <laughs> wide receiver two out there and uh i their their oc came out and said that julio was actually dealing with you know uh, a more serious hamstring than he was letting on um so that's probably why he isn't balling out so 
it might benefit Julio to actually sit a week or two. I, you know, he normally winds up doing that during the season, but it's normally not till later, uh, just to heal up a little bit instead of going out there at you know eighty percent. Even though eighty percent of Julio is you know better than you know ninety five percent of the wide receivers in the league, but Russell Gage. <sighs> Slot receivers. We were talking about it before the the uh, the show. He leads the league in slot targets and slot receptions, and we know Matt Ryan is going to target him. Uh, while you know Hayden Hurst is still getting his feet wet, we talked about it after week one. Uh, we actually talked about it before week one too. So uh, Russell Gage is a guy that's going to produce for you. I don't think I'm looking to sell him if I have him right now. Um, I, I'm not selling him for a third, and I don't think people are going to wind up give on, giving up a second-round pick. I actually had a offer for a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and I was I just like, ugh, instant decline. Right, yeah, and, and I think Russell Gage is a person that you don't need to sell, right? Like, he's producing and he's young. Like, Unless you're in a rebuild and you don't like young players, or maybe you, you can't afford the points or something like, I don't know. He's young and he's producing, and Julio, you know, could be out the door here in, in the next two years or something like that. Um, no, I'm all in on Russell Gage. The Falcons are going to throw over 600 times. So, yeah, man, I am all in on keeping Russell Gage and actually trying to acquire him if the price is right. So the move with Russell Gage, if you own him, is trying to trade one of the wide receivers that you have ahead of him because you didn't go into the season with Russell Gage as your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three, or else you were just epically horrible. Um, <laughs> so trading one of those other wide receivers who came into the season, you know, who has better name value, name recognition, who might not be living up to, you know, what he's he's playing for, a guy like Cooper Cup or something, he's still going to land you something really good. Um, so if you can wind up trading, you know, a guy ahead of him and then plugging Russell Gage in and not having a huge drop-off, I think that's the move. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of questioning who the wide receiver one is on a team, I think the other team where we're really starting to see maybe a changing of the guard is in Pittsburgh, man. We have – Juju Smith-Schuster, and we have Deontay Johnson out of nowhere leading in targets. Maybe not out of nowhere, but I don't think anyone was quite calling him to usurp Juju, especially this early. What are your thoughts there? Because obviously Juju has not been terrible. He, he had a really good week one. You know, it was kind of quieter week two. So he's not like he's fallen off like Julio kind of has these first two weeks. But Deontay Johnson has been 30% target share uh, you know, the, the number one for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, yes, he has. And this is a, uh, you know, shameful plug on myself. I've been on Deontay Johnson and this past weekend, I put out my, my prop bets, which I am going to be doing every single week. And I said, Deontay Johnson plus plus one fifty over five and a half receptions. He's a target monster. And he killed that. I believe he had nine receptions. Um, and over a hundred yards. So Deontay Johnson, I think, is taking over this this role. He's he's got 21 targets. The Juju's 14. Uh, that first game, Juju had two touchdowns, but other than that, he hasn't done a whole whole lot. 13 for 117. Um, Deontay can, you know, take it deep. Uh, Juju works, you know, essentially only out of the slot, while Deontay can move around a little bit, but he's on the outside. So. Uh, we saw Ben with Antonio. He likes throwing the outside wide receivers that can actually go deep. So uh, I like Deontay Johnson actually usurp Juju a little bit down the road. Possibly. I mean, he may have already, but I'm talking about value. Uh, he right. hasn't, you know, take it, overtaken him yet. But Deontay is definitely a buy for me if you can get him. Does that make Juju a sell then? Because I, I, I'm not sure that if Juju continues to produce as the wide receiver two in Pittsburgh, that means he's way overvalued right now, correct? Uh, yes, he is. But I, I think some people are, you have to find somebody who's just, you know, crazy for Juju because they're all looking at the same thing we're looking at and saying, Ooh, I don't know. So if you have owners that aren't necessarily paying attention to how good Deontay Johnson is, uh, then you're probably going to be able to get a, a really good return on, on Juju. Gotcha. 
uh, kind of flipping that script and, and maybe looking at a player you want to sell as opposed to acquire. This is a guy that I have in a couple leagues, and I can't think of a bigger sell high candidate right now than Julian Edelman. You know, 34 years old, if I remember correctly, he's balled out this first two weeks, especially this last week, had a career high in yardage with Cam, but just looked kind of nicked up on like every play. And he looked tired and, and beat up and was limping. And, and Julian Edelman's always beat up and limping. So I want to move him before he gets hurt while his value is so high. I think he's, you know, wide receiver six or seven uh, in, in the season long right now after two weeks. So this is a guy I can't think of a bit, a bigger sell high. What are your thoughts on, on Edelman? Yeah, he's going to be a tough sell though. I mean, you remember Larry Fitz like three years ago where he was just, really tough to sell because he was old and he looked like he was on his last leg. And then he kept on putting in like low wide receiver one numbers. Uh, but you couldn't sell him for, you know, a second round pick because people were saying, well, he's going to retire and he's dead. He's going to get hurt. And he just kept on producing. So if you can sell him, then, you know, have at it, but I'm not sure what you're going to be able to get. I mean, I think for a team that, that needs, uh, let's say they lost Cortland Sutton. Let, let's let's think of some dynasty teams where Cortland Sutton's probably your two. You probably have somebody else, maybe A-Rob or something. A-Rob's been kind of quiet. Let's say you have A-Rob, Sutton, and then the rest of yours are like Jameson Crowder and some Mike rookies. Williams, yeah. yeah some, some guys that you can't really rely on. I think that team would absolutely take a Julian Edelman for a second. But, but I almost want to get a first. I don't feel like a second – I don't know. Maybe that's just me being, you know, you know, a stickler with my guy, right? My guy's always worth more to me than he is uh, to another team. But I feel like you can maybe stretch a first because think of it, it's going to be a late pick if this guy's competing or this gal's competing. So yeah. I almost feel like maybe you can add a little something to Julian Edelman to make it a, a late first. What, what are your thoughts there? If you can add a little something, if you have to add a third to get a first, then I'm all about it. But I think his value is probably a second-round pick, and unfortunately the production isn't going to match up with you know his trade value, and that's what yeah. happens when players wind up getting older. So you're going to have to attach something to him. I mean, if you have a late pick, if you have a late two or something like that, and you can do Edelman and move up and get a mid-first or something, yeah, do it by all means. I don't know if that's going to wind up working just because if they're in the mid-first, they're probably not going to you know buy Edelman. But. Yeah, man. I think if we're talking a third and Edelman for a late first, I think I can see myself doing either side of that trade. If I'm competing late first and, and I need that wide receiver help, Julian Edelman should be good enough. I don't know if he'll be wide receiver seven good, but should be good enough uh, to, to replace Cortland Sutton. And then I also get a third, which is kind of just a little sweetener, right? Some, some dart throw. Yeah. Uh, on, on the flip side, late first in this 2021 uh, rookie class, I think would be stellar to to get for Edelman. Yeah, I'm good with that. Any other wide receivers you need to talk about, or should we kick it over to the tight ends? Let's go tight ends, baby. I'm excited. Dude, these these tight ends, I tell you what, I'm, I'm pumped about all of them because either you have been hyping them up or I've been hyping them up, and they're all hitting, man. Um, starting out, let, let's just start with your guy, Mike Gusecki. Just, just preach some gospel on Mike Gusecki. All right, so Mike Gusecki, before the season even started, I basically, we had all our breakouts and we did an article. And my, you know, big point was essentially with Adam Shaheen coming in that Gusecki was going to line up more in the slot. And guess what? He has lined up in the slot a ton, 79% of the time. You can call me Nostradamus if you'd like to. Eight for 130 and a touchdown last game. And he... He is looking beastly, to tell you the truth. He's running yes. really well. Um, overall, his routes look more crisp, and they have to throw the ball to somewhere. So, I mean, the game script is going to fit him. Uh, obviously, Fitzpatrick likes him. I think two is going to like him just because he's going to be more of a security blanket than the wide receivers there. And he is, you know, prime for a breakout. And, you know, I think somebody said he was going to be a top five wide or top five tight end as well. So, uh, that was me. I'll just throw that out there again. Uh, the other thing that's actually pretty crazy about Kaseki he, is he's 10th overall in air yards, which wow. is uh, the first for, you know, he's leading all tight ends. But I'm talking overall, which is wide receivers too. So they're, they're throwing the ball down the field to him. 
Well, he basically is a wide receiver, right? He is. Yes. He <laughs> so, is. yeah, I think a lot of people, if if you look at his, his career so far, year one, absolute, you know, dud, right? He's playing behind like Durham Smythe, I think, you know, for snaps, and he's just he's that raw tight end that's drafted in the second round that's not ready yet. Year two, Preston Williams goes out for the year and he takes off, right? And so he does really well. And now year three, Preston Williams back in the fold. People are a little, well, he didn't do good with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. But if you were one that that believed in that, I think you you are cashing in right now through at least these first two weeks. And I think that will continue. So, yeah, Gusecki has been absolutely dominant. Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference for him is they're not – they're not playing him as an inline tight end anymore. They essentially, the first two years, they wanted him to learn how to play tight end. And, you know, he's a much more proficient blocker than he was, so he can do it. Uh, but they're using him like New Orleans used to use Jimmy Graham back in the day. So that's exactly how they should be using him. And now they're finally doing it. And now you're seeing that production. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I got to talk about Logan Thomas, man. This this guy is is a guy I, I hyped up, and he's he's honestly getting a lot more targets here than I thought he would from Dwayne Haskins. He is third in tight end targets out of everybody, everybody man. He's behind Kelsey and Waller, and then it's this Logan Thomas could get him off your di- dynasty waiver wires for free. Nobody was looking at him, even though that they said you know Washington starting tight end, and here he is just getting absolute work. Now he gets a Browns team in, in week three that gives up the most uh, points to the tight end position. So he's 29 years old. He's a converted quarterback. Uh, that's obviously, you know, not ideal being that old and you're just starting to kind of break out. I mean, that's older than Hayden Hurst. And I think Hayden Hurst is like, what? what is he, 35 now, 36? <laughs> 42. Yeah. So, you know, 29 is not super old in terms of tight end years, but it's kind of up there. You know, how do you view him for dynasty? Because we've only seen two weeks. You know, the offense isn't something that you super love, but you love his volume within that offense. What What's kind of his value in dynasty? So he's probably a hold for me. Uh, if you're in a tight end premium, you're always looking for tight ends, and I, I'm going to wind up holding on to him. His metrics and, you know, his – his stuff on you know pro football focus isn't that impressive. Uh, he doesn't have like huge like you know yards after the catch. Yards after the catch, he's essentially just going down. He doesn't have any yards after the catch. He's only got twenty eight. So he's catching the ball and but again, if he can be that red zone target, that's what they need there. So uh, I'm holding him. Um, I, I I like him. I don't love him, but in the state of the tight end position, he can be a low end starter this year. Right. Right. Yeah. Any, any super athletic too. I think that's something I didn't mention is that his, uh, his athleticism just jumps off the chart. You can look him up on playerprofile.com. He's just uh, a workout freak. So the other tight end I've been hyping a lot and it's kind of a a 360 because I was a Kali Warren guy. Uh, his rookie year, hyping him up, and you know he's just playing behind these two guys, Darren Fells, who's we're talking about all tight ends. There's another name for you, and this Jordan Aikens guy. And didn't really follow Jordan Aikens too much. Now I start doing my projections for the 2020 season, and all of a sudden I see this tight end for the Texans got 55 targets, 55 targets from a tight end. What? Oh, Jordan Aikens. Who is this guy? So I look into him a little bit more. I, I read some camp reports. He has now kind of taken over Darren Fells for a majority of the snaps. They're both kind of playing with the ones, but he's, he's having a better camp people say. And all of a sudden now I'm, I'm in on Jordan Akins and, and with DeAndre Hopkins moving out, I'm like, this guy can get more targets than he got last year. I think he can be a bigger piece. Obviously Darren Fells had what seven touchdowns last year. It was just a crazy number for only like 30 receptions. But I think this is, this is Jordan Akins year to kind of usurp Darren Fells. Um, and, and I like him for dynasty. He, he's a little bit older as well. I believe he's, uh, late twenties, so it's it's a little bit older, but like we said with with Logan Thomas, that that's not old for the tight end position. This is a guy that can still produce for you. I have him kind of in that same realm as Logan Thomas as a guy I like for for dynasty that's super cheap. You know, a, a fourth can get him on your squad. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna give you props on Jordan Akins because he wasn't really on my radar. I mean, I knew of him. Obviously, I was like, yeah, Jordan Akins, man. And then you hyped him up, and I went out and got him in a couple leagues, and 
he's going to be a really good depth piece. And again, we talk about the state of the tight end position. You can probably trade one of these guys and get something decent uh, for a return, especially in a tight end premium league. So Mm -hmm. if you were able to snap him up um, or snatch him up, sorry, not snap him up. It's not like you're a fucking alligator. (laughs) Jesus. Um, uh, Then, you know, you can either start him or you can try and move him for something. Yeah, and I'm someone who's holding on to him because I think there's definitely better days ahead. I don't think Darren Fells is going to be with the Texans too much longer, so I think he gets even more snaps you know, as the season goes on, and then who knows for 2021. So that's a guy I am holding. A guy that I should have been on, honestly. I really should have, but I missed, and I will completely admit that I missed on him. The Colts go out and sign Trey Burton to kind of be the 1B with Jack Doyle because they really want to run this two tight end set with Frank Reich and, and Phillip Rivers. And then Trey Burton goes out, and now Jack Doyle goes out, and here's this just monster of a man, Mo Alley Cox, <laughs> who comes rumbling, bumbling, stumbling for five for 111 yards. He just turned 27. You know, Bert, Trey Burton can return week four. Like, are, are, are you in on Mac, as I call him, the Mac train, or is this some guy that you would look to sell after this big week? Uh, I'll stick with him. I'll see what he can do, and I'll tell you what. Trey Burton – He's been dead since the Philly special. After that, he basically went to Chicago and died. And then he went, you know, I'm going to go back with Frank Reich. And it's not going to work out for him. But Philip needs a tight end. And guess what? He's a tight end he can actually throw to. And he can get open. And he's huge. 267 pounds. 6'5". <laughs> so he's a big target. And we know Philip Rivers loves throwing the tight end. And Granted, Philip Rivers has not looked good so far, but when you know he doesn't have anything on the outside, he typically reverts to something over the middle or quick passes to somebody like Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, and, and we talk about these over the middle targets, right? Paris Campbell out for a while, the PCL injury, kind of out indefinitely. They say it's not; they're unsure if that's going to be the whole season or just an extended amount of time. So I think that just helps Philip Rivers. Uh, you know, target share to move towards Mo Ali Cox. And when Jack Doyle comes back, I still think Mo Ali Cox will have some good, um, he'll have some good games still. I think he's, you know, they, they've opened the eyes now with, with this performance. And so that's a guy that if he's out there for some reason, snap him up off of waivers or maybe toss out a fourth if you need him. And the other thing, Indy loves running two, two tight end sets. They love being in 12 personnel. So even when Doyle comes back, he'll still be on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, anybody else that we didn't hit on that you want to hit on before we close it out? Uh, I'm not going to hit on you, Robbie, no matter how much you try. (laughs) I'll try again the next episode, as I always do. So, guys, that's all we have for you. Uh, We're really getting pumped for week three. There's a lot of uh, interesting guys that we're looking to see if they can kind of stick around with all the injuries. So um, keep your eye out on, on some of these waiver wire guys. You know, you never know who might step up for your team and actually you might become dynasty relevant instead of just maybe a couple weeks here for redraft. So Tom, we have some good stuff coming out. I know you want to talk about your player prop stuff that you got coming out this weekend. If we're looking at maybe a little bit more DFS uh, or, or betting, I guess just props in general, how about you hype up uh, the listeners on that a little bit? All right. So we've, I've been putting out some player props uh, each week. I'm four for four on Twitter, five for five on the year. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Making some money, making people some money, just trying to do that. Uh, we're going to start doing a show on, we're going to try and do it on Saturday nights and I'm going to try and get everything out for you on either Saturday night or early Sunday. Uh, the tricky part with props is they don't come out until you know 24 to 36 hours before the games are played. So some of the things are off the board and I can't get them in until like last second, but Last week, I hit you with JT rushing over 58 and a half. It was Deontay over five and a half receptions. And then I've been hammering Calvin Ridley, which he has been in turn just destroying and making money for us. Uh, on the Thursday night game, Kareem Hunt over 12 and a half fantasy points. Most of the stuff I'm doing on DraftKings, but it's you know all ap- applicable to FanDuel and, and whatnot. So... Be on the lookout for you. I'm going to try and make you guys some money, and uh, let's get it going. Yeah, Tom, I actually already had, and I'm not kidding, two people uh, reach out. They've been listening to our pods. Uh, they've been following us on TFA, and, and they asked if you were going to start doing that because I was retweeting some of your props. So 
Uh, I think a lot of people are going to look forward to that. Um, they're going to be able to make some money. So that's all we got for you for the TFA Dino Show. See ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.